Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star Wars, A New Hope. You can also read along with the story in your book. Unless you are already programmed to know when the pages end, you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear this sound. This is the way. I believe the storyteller is ready, so let us begin. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Spoken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 174 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolashai, and my co-pilots for this episode, the young, the restless, the bearded one, the man that has his very dirty Green Bay Packard beanie. There you go. Looks like you went through one of the games in the mud, Lambo. <laughs> Carlos Buarguel. The man who was here on time, beat traffic. Sitting here, ready to go. He's got his lips on the mic, literally. Mr. Les is wondering why this mic cover looks like Grover from Sesame Street. Yeah, I've got <laughs> different color mics covers. I don't know why, because I was bored and I went on this AliExpress app and they had them for like a dollar. About three and a half months to get, but they, they got here. They got here. They, they, are, they are interesting colors. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and a sort of. Yours color. is Elmo. Uh, mine is Elmo. Either that or the Kansas mine is City Grover. Chiefs. Yeah. I see yours is the uh, New York Giants. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I like keeping the Sesame Street theme here. Yeah. <laughs> the man that everybody calls King Tom, the king of all pods, the man who is gracing us with his presence, Mr. King Tom Chansky. How you doing, buddy? I got a boring-ass mic, but I'm doing fine. You know what? You have a, a round snowball. It's perfect yeah. for the holidays. I suppose so. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Oh, say it ain't so. <laughs> I'm a favorite band. I just want to throw it out there. I appreciate it. Hall and Oates. Yes, Hall and Oates. That's right. Although theirs would say it isn't so. Your kiss is on the list, evidently. (laughs) The man we call... El Hombre. The man who cuts like a knife, and man, oh man, does it feel so right. Mr. Eric. Man... I don't even know what to say now. You really pulled one out this time. I, I that, sure did. That 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 made me cock my head a little. I'm like, whoa, did he just do Brian Adams? I did Brian Adams. I don't know why. It just popped in my head. How you guys doing? Well, dude, let me tell you. Tomorrow is the tech rehearsal for my big-ass Trans-Siberian Orchestra tribute show, and it is going to be rad. Tech rehearsal basically is dress rehearsal, but you don't have to wear your stupid 
tailcoat and motorcycle cop boots. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, it's go time. It's go time. Nice. Are you going to have a bunch of videos of when it actually happens? Hopefully, yes. Oh, cool. It really worked out when my buddy Patrick Larson was in the crowd a couple years ago and shot the whole thing. Because it, it's cool to have crowd shot videos. Oh, yeah. And he's like the best at it because he doesn't hold it up. It's never in anybody's way. He's the most considerate concert filmer I've ever seen. Oh, that's really nice. Because there are some jerks. Oh, geez, yeah. That's the worst. Oh, hey, I meant to tell you. You know what you call the girl who gets up on a dude's shoulders at a concert? No. Asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's it. That's a good one. That's also the worst. Well, it is. It sucks for everybody else that's behind them. I'm glad you're having a great time. Now I get to stare at nothing. (laughs) King Tom, how are you doing, buddy? You know, I got, I got no sense of time right now. Christmas is either tomorrow or it's four weeks away. There's just so much going on this month. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm trying to keep it together. Yeah, I hear you. And, and Rise of Skywalker's coming out. Yeah, that, that too. That too. That's, that, that's his son. That's the only thing he is spinning around. That's his only exactly, semblance that of, is. of what he knows. Exactly. He's like, I know this is happening on this day. I know everything that's else? 15 days away. Yeah. Yeah, like Bruce said, everything else, I don't know. You don't it's know. somewhere. <laughs> all he knows is that Christmas is after the rest. So once he gets there, he's like, fuck, it's a crapshoot after that. Christmas is after here at some point. It's true. Exactly. And Cats comes out, you know, for Eric. Boo, you doing all right? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's cold. It's cold and it's wet and it's rainy. But yeah, it's I'm been good. rainy and cold and crap over here. Yeah. What is it, like 59? It's no, it, no. Over hey, here. it's it, not. It got, we, we went out the night before Thanksgiving don't for our it, Brew Raj, the don't Tour. Do it, don't do it. No, it got don't for California. It got to 38 oh, degrees. It's fucking freezing. That's freezing for us. Oh, Trust. Geez. Man, I hope you're okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I we would have, you know, I work at a church. We would have prayed for you. Dude, that just reminds me of Struthers la- uh, laughing at us at Celebration Chicago. Remember we were walking out at one point and the wind blew? Dude, it was cold. The wind chill was cold, wind man. Blew, and we're I, I think 38. I could have cut glass on my nipple. I just man. remember we were like, oh my God, it's cold. And Struthers like, you guys are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> 38 was our high yesterday. Was, 38 was your high? God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's... Fuck that. That's some cold shit. Dude, I get it. Oh, you guys, I totally understand. Carlos, I've been in some real cold, it. though. I, was, I got stuck in New York for the polar vortex about five years ago. Oh, it was 40. No, it wasn't 40. <laughs> it was like six degrees. <laughs> it was 40. <laughs> it was like six degrees. It was 40 oh, and balmy. How dare you? How Dude, dare you? Our, our friend Jessica Schrader, she lives in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, she thinks we're all crybabies. Yeah, of course. Yep. Jesus, of course. Minnesota. I, I would love to go to Minnesota, though, because my dream has always been to skate on a pond and play a pond hockey. I'd be okay for about three days. I think, I think you're a little bit too big for pond hockey. I think you need lake hockey. <laughs> oh, no. I'd love, trust me, I'm not that big when it comes to hockey. <laughs> Les, how you doing, man? Well, I just started thinking about pond hockey, so I'm getting better. There we, yeah, go. There we go. You can just go like 45 minutes up to Big Bear here and have some ponds that are it frozen. Ain't, it ain't like an outdoor pond, though, dude. You know what I mean. Well, I'm glad everybody's doing great. We are getting ramped up here for the Rise of Skywalker, and we're trying to figure out exactly how we're going to record our episodes of reactions and all that great stuff. And there's a lot to talk about today with Star Wars, obviously. It seems like there's a new TV spot every, like Eric said, every four minutes before we record it in our production meeting. 
So uh, we are definitely going to talk about Rise of Skywalker, and we're going to talk about that great episode four of Mandalorian, a trailer for Black Widow. So mm. we're going to try to do it as thoroughly and quick as we can. We are proud members of the Mixed Source Podcast Network. Listen to podcasts like now this podcasting, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, First Order Transmissions, The Cargo Hold, Kessel Run Radio, Fingered by Randy and Jason, Tatooine Sun, and Around the Galaxy, a Star Wars fan podcast. Look for the Around the Galaxy. I was actually on with Pete Fletzer, and we had a great time. We did a live chat with on video on the internet, and it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I think he's going to release that next couple of weeks, so look for that. You can find our stuff on the Sithlist.net. We have a bunch of cool shirts and stuff on TeePublic. Check it out, including Baby Yoda, including Leopardon. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out and you email us at the, I'm sorry, the Sithlist at gmail.com and hook us up with some great reviews and some five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate us some good stuff here. We've only had one really shitty one, two shitty ones, and I know who you are. <laughs> Coming out. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sorry about that. That's <laughs> all right. Let's talk a little box office. The folks at Disney have full bellies after the animated feature Frozen 2 delivered three- and five-day Thanksgiving records as the film topped $287 million domestically after just 10 days, I looked at it yesterday. It's at $800 million globally in 11 or 12 days or something. It's crazy. It's doing unbelievably well. Just ridiculous. They didn't let it go? They didn't let it go. And they're probably not going to let it go for another one. They're probably going to do The Force Awakens. They're going to probably rip that one off. <laughs> but here's the cool thing. Our friend, not our friend. I wish he was our friend. Ryan Johnson. Seems like he was our friend because he came out and said hi to everybody for about eight hours at Celebration Orlando. And that was a blast. Well, his movie, Knives Out, exceeded expectations with a five-day performance of topping $41 million. And I think worldwide, it's close to $80 million. So good on you, Mr. Ryan Johnson. And I think we have somebody that saw the film. It's an Agatha Christie-style mystery that does something a little bit different with the story in a very creative way. The cast is good. It's got humor and it also speaks to a lot of societal issues in a way that you might not notice depending on how much you're paying attention but it is very good the performances are awesome daniel craig is great in this you forget the guy's english at times yeah he has a southern accent i heard he has a sub yeah he he has i think i i would say either kentucky or georgia i think it's a georgia sounding it's, yeah, I've I've heard him do a Georgia draw in that movie with Adam Driver. We went and saw it. I thought, boo, uh, with the race, with yeah. the ceiling and the cars and Chan Tatum's in something it, something money or yeah, hate money or something. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't remember. It was not yeah. great of a movie. No, but he was great in it. Yes, he was. Yeah, and he had a major Southern accent. Remember? Yep. Everyone in it was great. It was a very compelling story. I was interested until the very last shot. Definitely go and see it. Oh, we will. I definitely want to see it. Yeah, I got to see it. I haven't see, I talked to one person that's seen it and said they didn't like it. But I've only talked to King Tom about it. Yeah. I think it's time for a little Star Wars news. I think we need to get into a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Mr. Struthers, can you please guide us through this crazy time? Not only can I, I will. 
So, okay, here's something that's crazy. They finally announced that you can start pre-ordering certain merchandise based off of The Child from the Mandalorian series. And it's not expected to be out until, depends on where you look, between March and May. March and May. Oh my looking gosh. at a plush uh, doll with a vinyl head and then um, a couple of different Funko Pops, normal size what? and extra huge. And yeah, and not until May... Somewhere between March and May. just depends on what website you look at. Now, a question for you guys. Do you think that that's a purposely done thing because of the secret? Or is that something that they just dropped the ball and didn't think this was going to be such a phenomenon that it is? Half and half. Huh. Well, honestly, here's, here's my guess. They didn't want the secret getting out because that, seriously, the fact that it hadn't been out there is pretty amazing. And it was one of the very few things in Star Wars that has completely caught me off guard and generated so much excitement and buzz because of that fact Mm. that I do think that they were really trying to avoid it. Because let's let's be honest, if none of us before we ever saw the show heard that they were going to find a baby Yoda in the first episode, it definitely would have pushed you toward thinking, oh, boy, here we go. I mean, it would have me and I love Star Wars, but I would have been thinking, oh, really? But by not knowing and being surprised by it and it being so well done and good, then that's a win all the way around. And I think that because Mm -hmm. of that, it was a wise choice for him. Now, the only bad side is it's one thing to not be able to instantly fulfill everybody's desire for Baby Yoda merchandise. But anytime people want to bring up something crazy like, oh, I bet they're going to push the movie back this long. Remember when all those rumors kept popping up, like with Solo and stuff. Here's how long it takes to make figures, make merch. Now you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is how long ahead of lead time they need to even begin to get something out. And that's even like a Funko, which you'd think they'd have some kind of molding of something, like Yoda's molding half of his body. You can just cut his so, out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, but I also think they probably were a little bit blindsided by the demand because I suspect that there was a concern that, I mean, there's always a worry that are people going to buy the, dig this or not? Yeah, I don't think they were expecting this kind of reaction. I mean, it's crazy. It is. It's crazy. Well, and, and something that we mentioned on the motivators when we recorded this week was, so now for the collector... You're not just going to be competing, if you will, against other collectors trying to get the stuff you want. You're going to be collect or competing. You know what I mean by com- I don't mean yeah. competing, competing. Yeah, competing but you're going to the, the uh, merchandise. Yeah, yeah, with total randos who just think the baby Yoda is yeah. cute. It's going to make it hard to to get the stuff probably unless they just inundate the market with them. You know, you're already starting to see some pretty crappy counterfeit stuff. Oh, a lot yeah. of these pop-up Facebook stores that are using imagery that's, it's just so chintzy, man. This is the Popeye's chicken sandwich uh, conundrum. Right. That's true. Yeah, kind of. Where, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, they don't expect it to be that huge. Turns out to be gangbusters, goes massive, and then they're like, oh, fuck, we don't have any chicken till September. Shit. It'll be interesting a year from today to see how people feel about the Baby Yoda merchandise. Yeah, these kind of things... It- Usually die down 
You know, the porgs mm-hmm. were huge and they died down. Thank mm-hmm. God. This this isn't going nowhere, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And he, he ages so slow. If I was Disney, I would just keep him this cute oh, looking forever. Yep. You have to. Yep. But imagine if yeah. he starts speaking. Prediction, first words. Eric, what was going to be his first words? Mando. Pink oh, Tom. That'd be adorable. When 50 years old, you reach, look as good, you will not. Oh. So King mm. Tom thought that out. Mm-hmm. He knew. It was I, I've had that in the back of my head. Okay, for a exactly. While. I was like, That's "Damn, good. that was really yeah, good." How about you? Practice, dad. Dad, I hope something, something cute. Less, mama. I think it's gonna be Pedro. <laughs> Pascal, Pedro. <laughs> Pascal, Pedro. <laughs> the man you are. The man do. Take off that damn man. Yeah. No, no, no. He says this is the way. Ooh, the way this is. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I think we have our boy Andy Campbell. Sending us a voicemail about Baby Yoda, maybe. So let's listen to Baby Yoda. Well, let's listen to Andy Campbell talking about Baby Yoda. Hey, guys. I got to say, the last few episodes you guys have done have been some quality episodes, especially the one with Dominic Pace. Listening to his passion for Star Wars, his collection, and the insights of being on set was fantastic. Awesome job, guys. Thanks. Great to hear you guys are enjoying the show, as are we. Though I have to say, Steph is probably more a fan of the show than I am. She's fallen head over heels for Baby Yoda. It's like every time he's on screen, just, it's just, he's just so cute. Right, guys? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we're definitely keen to see where the show goes as we've enjoyed every episode so far. Uh, Looking forward to what you guys think of episode four. And in other good news, we've booked our flights for Celebration 2020. Yeah. So it's all coming a reality, which is awesome. And can't wait to see you guys. All right. See ya. Thanks, buddy. That's great news, man. I cannot wait to see you at Celebration. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Baby Yoda has just become this thing where if you're not into Star Wars or if you're into Star Wars, if you're just a regular dude out there or a regular girl out there, you know who Baby Yoda is now. It's crazy. into it for sure. I just want to say something real quick. Andy Campbell and Steph. Two, they're two of the finest people I've ever met. Hanging out with them in Chicago was fantastic. And I love to hear that she's so over the top into the Mandalorian, too. So that's really good news. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to hanging out with them because we didn't get to hang out with them as much. Yeah, it was just a quick, hey, how's it going? And, uh, and then we hung out with them at Steel's event. That was yeah. kind of cool. Uh, but I, I'm really looking forward to just... Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be better the second time around. Oh, it's going to be so cool. For sure. So excited for you, buddy. Thank you for that voicemail. Keep, keep sending them. Let's talk about episode four. Or I'm sorry, chapter four, The Mandalorian. And it's called Sanctuary, and it is all about Baby Yoda. And we're not going to sit here and recap the whole episode no. by any stretch of the imagination, but let's just talk a little bit about it. I, anything in this episode, what's what stuck out to you? What was your thing in this episode, Naraj? Um, I, when I watched it at the end, I've, I've seen it three times now. The second time I watched it, I liked it better than the first time I watched it, and I thought I was watching a live-action Clone Wars episode. So that's how I saw it. I didn't think it was filler, like a bunch of people have been talking trash on. What? Uh, no. And I, that's I loved, so dumb. So I, I love the ATST. The storyline was great, and there was a lot of reveals and tells about the Mandalorian yeah. character, about the new characters that we see. So I thought it was. I thought it was a fun, great episode. It wasn't my favorite episode out of the four, but I thought it was still done really well. And great job to Bryce Dallas Howard. I thought she kicked butt, and she did a great job. And 
for the people that are pissed off that there's females that know how to shoot or that can kick ass, you guys are idiots. That's very disappointing. It really is. As simple as that, yeah. A couple of takeaways. Now, was it a cliche episode? More than likely, yes. You can say that. There's lots of, uh, you know, bounty hunter or bad guy on the run, and he's trying to find some place. I mean, it had all the tropes, obviously, you know, village that gets raided all the time. They work hard. They have no one to protect them. Here comes the wandering Ronin or the wandering gunfighter. You know, and everybody was likening this to Magnificent Seven or Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it had all those things. So it was as formulaic, maybe not so much filler, because it still carried the, the timeline on, the continuity on. Right. There were still elements of the previous episode. And major plot points. And major plot points. Did it introduce some characters also? Yes, it did. You got to love the fact that Cara Dune is in it. And not only that, she was part of the rebellion. They, oh, they, she's they, awesome, they, man. She's identified as someone being on the side of the rebellion. So that alone is like, okay, there's still people, you know, that are carrying on the good fight or at least finding, you know, when they're around and they see something wrong. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that she's over it. She's over being the. Oh, yeah. Uh, so completely New Republic's, shut it down. Yeah. Uh, like security guard. Yeah. She's like, I'm done with all of this. Yeah. Like, I just want, and that's. You know, uh, and then it had the same, it kind of tugged at the Mandalorian, Mando himself, you know. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, lay low. We, I need to make sure this kid is taken care of. I need to take care of it or at least, you know, find someone to take care of this kid. And then it even tugs at him like, maybe I could stop too. But he's not fully fulfilled. He was close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he did think about it. He did think about it, which was interesting. My, my biggest takeaway, I did like the episode. Not my favorite, but... Pretty up there, you know, as far as four episodes go, but pretty up there. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great episode. Yeah, I agree with Les on all his tropes. I thought the ATSD was the shit. It was cool. That was awesome, especially with the, not the red eyes, but the, the cockpit having the red light on. I was like, that's that as far as like imagery, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the big bad wolf kind of thing. Or the, the wide shot was so cool. Yeah, or, you okay. know, the monster coming out of the woods yeah. kind you know, of thing. You know cool. what that says, um, to jump in on yours? That means there's tons of equipment just out there. That's right. Oh, there's got to be. There's That's just right. tons there's of Empire's equipment just mm-hmm. chilling, ripping, just just out there that people once they figure out how to use it, they're just going around. Well, they customized being, that one where it's a remote control one. Yes. So there's nobody see, in that cockpit. No. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I I, I like the way it was shot, the way it looked. You know, the battle at night really gave the the feel of you know kind of you know the. You know, like I said, the big bad monster coming out and things like that. One thing I found interesting that you know kind of hit me is that as a bounty hunter, you expect him to be skilled with a lot of weapons. You, we've seen him use a knife before, but it's interesting that it's a Star Wars show. There's not there's not that much knife play because I was like when he was fighting Cara Dune at 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 the beginning, I was like a knife would be helpful at this position. But I was like, oh wait, it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. So that, that hit me. I was like, oh shit. So yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fist fights and blaster fire kind of thing. So I was like, that's right, because it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that, that was an interesting thing that hit me. But overall, yeah, it's a great episode and I, I look forward to it. Baby Yoda was <laughs> even more adorable yeah, right. than he has been. So kudos mm-hmm. to that. He, yeah, like I was thinking when we were talking about his first words, I was like, you didn't even have to speak. Just do funny shit. Yeah. You know, just, you know, and I, I love the way he presses the button as he's looking at him like, oh, it's the best. Fuck you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Great episode. It was really good. King Tom, how about you? It, it told a story that we've heard in different forms many times before, but it did it well so that 
that part of it really didn't bother me. I really liked the world that was introduced. It was different from the other settings we've gotten on the show. I, I enjoyed the characters, um, the mother, the people in the villages, Cara Dune. I definitely want to see more of her. And I like, I liked what happened between the Mando and baby Yoda and how they got a chance to relax. And he decided, well, maybe, you know, at the end when that bounty hunter showed up, maybe it's not the best idea to give him up. Now, my own question, Araj, you said, and then, you know, I've seen the episode three times. I think I didn't catch this, but why do you say that it was remote controlled? I read it somewhere, actually, I think, but I don't think, I think, I don't think there was somebody inside of it. They were trying to get that thing to be, to jump into that water, right? To step into right, that yeah. water. I, I don't, yeah. I think they were trying to manipulate the actual machinery to do it. I don't think there was some, anybody inside of that thing. So do you think, I could be the, wrong. I thought I read. The handlers saw that and they were like, oh, back off and they held it. They stopped it short. I, I think they've made it into some kind of droid is what I think. Well, I like think a drone ha- kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. When she so- shot the disintegrator through the eye, the flap over it closed. Okay. So that's why, that's one of the, re- like, I thought it was, oh, covering up a vulnerability because whoever's inside doesn't want to get hurt. Oh, okay. Eric, what do you think about that? Did you think it was uh, manned by somebody? Or do you think? No, oh, I assumed it was. Yeah, okay. I didn't. There was nothing in there that made me think it was I remote control. New theories I, and I, thought, speculations. I thought I read Here that go, somewhere. Maybe Stop I'm- watching Mike Zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, so, I mean, that is an interesting question. I suppose it could have been, but yeah, I was definitely under the impression that somebody was piloting it. Uh, I, I did like the, the red viewports, the red eyes, if you will, very, uh, Terminator esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it really made me think of. Yeah. Uh, there's so much about this episode. I mean, yeah, you've, you've got some of your really standard tropes between like Westerns and, the, the like he said seventh samurai and but it's it's like chicken and egg sort of thing and it's mm-hmm. very prevalent in this this style of story and they did it it didn't feel hammy and it didn't feel rehashed it felt it felt really good and the way they introduce the characters and the way they use this to explain like the the way the mandalorians their code of honor their code of living and what being a foundling really meant and why that makes him so bent on taking care of this kid. It very well done. I, it never occurred to me that this was filler. It's such a good episode. It's action packed. Uh, I think they did a good job of making you want to know the backstory mm-hmm. of the mother because yes. I really was right. catching the vibe that she's from somewhere Absolutely. and settled down there to go to the simple life and doesn't want anybody to know or, you know, or is leaving up some kind of life behind either as a, an Imperial or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, she was very in tune with when's the last time you took that helmet off. Obviously maybe she's a Mandalorian. Oh, wow. I don't, they, she didn't say anything that makes me think that specifically, but I mean, she was very much new. You've had this on for a long time and nobody's seen you without it. Um, and to speak to that for, if you want to look there, she's also a trope. There's almost always in, in those, the whole, you know, the village and someone's hat, there's always some leader, you know what I mean? And it's the spine of the village or the, or the spine of the people that are oppressed. And she was exactly that, you know, the two guys that approached the Mandalorian 
were obviously like big balls on those two guys shaking in their mm-hmm. boots. You know what I mean? And then you could tell she was the one. So you're right. Maybe, you know, I'd love to know her backstory. She's definitely been through something where she's had to fight and fight most of her life more than likely, or at least, you know, adapt quickly to be able to survive. And for people that are pissed about her being able to shoot a gun, well, you know what? So damn what? Who cares? I saw some asshat going on about how, oh, I see. So the Mandalorian, he just does nothing but kick ass. And then suddenly here's this girl that, that hands him his ass and, you know, no woman's ever kicked my ass. I'm looking at this I dude thinking, that, yeah. dude, Gina Carano would kill you. Exactly. She, 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 literally, she could. literally line up yeah. literally could. everybody yeah. that you would. T- yeah, it'd be like, look, guys, walk in. You get 30 seconds with her. She'll drop a three three hit combo and just start handing out three pieces to everybody. that she can handle herself. Yeah, yeah people were- One of the reasons I like this show so much is that I think in every episode you've seen the Mandalorian fail at least once. Yes. Yeah, that's at true. Something. Yeah. yeah, he's not perfect. No, and he right. straight fought to a draw with her. Yeah. Like, him and Cara Dune, no they, 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 they fought to a legit draw. Like, that's it. Was well, no. it for Baby Yoda being so cute? Yeah, and they would have shot each other. Yeah. The team. Yeah. That was awesome. That's what I'm the soup, he's just doing little things. That's fucking like, adorable. Soup and tea or whatever was in the bug, and he's just like, "This is inter- entertaining." This is. Yeah, I love. I love how mobile he is. He'll get from one place yeah. to the other. You have like, stay here. How the fuck Don't did move. you get here? <laughs> Don't yeah. touch anything. I'd love to see him Dude. jump off the chair and shit like that. I'd be like, "Come on, just give me the little shit." I'm just gonna tell you right now, man. Araj, you'll be there soon. As yep. soon as Malik's mobile, that's what your kids do. I know, man. Yep. Listen, I stay see. right here. I'll be right back. I and see other people like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Look up, and they're like right under your kneecap. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I loved, I loved how observant the Mandalorian is, and how observant she was at Cara Dune of both of them instantly recognizing what the other ones are all about in in that little mm-hmm. cafe. You know, her disappearing and then him going out to find her and the fight that once they come to that draw, that's, he just says, you want to, you want some soup? And they go sit down and they talk about it. And it's, I just, I thought that was, that felt very real. And, uh, I just like the, the, the personal aspect of the entire thing of getting a little backstory on him and where he's been and for to have the episode span a length of time. I thought that was really cool. You know, he had been there a few weeks. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, because but even even at the end, from the time that they fought the the Raiders and the time the episode ended was a few weeks. Because he says we raised we raised some hell here a few weeks back Mm -hmm. and that's gonna draw a lot of attention. One thing one thing I really liked just watch the episode a handful of times is when the the mother and I cannot think of her name Omera I think is what it is when she's talking to him and she says wouldn't it be nice if he could just be a child for a while right and he says it would and you can like almost started crying and mm-hmm. when he said it like you plainly hear his voice crack I'm like that's a really nice touch right there to know here you've got this helmeted badass who feels for this kid and wants this kid to have what he didn't have. That's right. And that's right. I just think that's really cool, man. 
Yeah, they've done a great job. Do we know if this is Bryce Dallas Howard's first directorial debut? Because if it is, that's, that's a hell of a job. There's some really cool shots in it. That I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do know that they played with our heart in our or they almost started a riot in this episode for sure. You play with my heart mm-hmm. when they when they put that thing some somebody in their sights and then oh yeah Wait. right when they did I, I literally Les, stood Les up was at work wa- and I'm like are you work. gonna do that shit dude are you seriously <laughs> gonna do that and he's like do what I'm like are they really gonna do that and then uh, well, well you know what deal. happened if you've seen it everybody and yeah. I was like why would they do this but that's Here, here's they the deal. gotcha. Yes, yes. They're not going to kill that baby. No. I'm no. just telling you. No, they're not. For, I mean, and this is just like Arash. This is just like when we were talking about um, Infinity War mm-hmm. and how it's like it's hard to ha- be too emotional with some of these people disintegrating because you know they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, kind of, and it's not that I don't feel the jeopardy of the characters knowing that they're you know going to make it through. I, of course I do. It's not like I'm so jaded that, that none of it matters. But you, there, you do have to think about the fact that, okay, number one, this is on Disney+. Plus. They're not going to murder a child. And so with that being said, it does help you rest a little bit easier. But it was <laughs> but, right there, Eric. You don't know. That was just, I know that's good filmmaking. Yeah, that's what it that was is. legit. And I was just like, are you goddamn kidding me right now? And what the Oh, dude, you- I know a lot of people have felt that way. And I mean, yeah. of and course, I'm all nervous, There's a blaster too. fire. There was yeah. a blaster fire. The shot goes oh, off, shit. And I'm like, ah. Like, oh. Raj, do they really do this crap? And he's like, what? And I'm like. Oh, oh, okay. It's cool. It's cool. We're cool. We're cool. <laughs> We're all right. We're crazy. Put, done. Put that. Be watching this here. Put down the torches and pitchforks. Yeah. It's fine. Calm down. Oh, it was bad, dude. <laughs> that was bad. We have a, an email from Ian. I think that is going to talk about exactly what we're getting into. Uh, do you want to read this one, Les? Good evening, Sith List. Before I start on Chapter Four, I want to mention quickly the international posters and trailer. This is the trailer I've been waiting for, and I'm so happy with it. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I love the subtle differences. It makes me more excited for, for night. Plus, the international posters are way cooler than the domestic posters, in my opinion. It's true. I haven't been able to put my finger on what about them I prefer, but oh well. Now, for chapter four. Bryce Dallas Howard did such an awesome job on this. Mm. This episode has two strong qualities about it that make it more stronger than it appears. First, it feels a lot like a live-action Clone Wars or Rebels episode. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, this in the best way possible. Not Rebels. Second, the internal struggle of the Mandalorian. This episode plays a key role in his emotional development, highlighting a very real struggle many people face. Many people face home life slash settling down versus fight. The Mandalorian is tested throughout this episode in ways we haven't seen before, and we pick up on this certain vulnerability about him, which should not be mistaken as a weakness in any way. Also, I strongly believe we will be seeing Cara Dune again before season two. Concur. Her introduction was badass, and the fact that Mandalorian respects her so much says something about her. Would love to hear your thoughts, and may the Force be with you always, Ian Gout. Nice, Ian. Well, you hit all the points we just talked about. We 100% agree with everything you're saying. Obviously, we're, I have a feeling we're going to see Grief, and we're going to see uh, Cara Dune, yes. and we're going to see IG-11, I have a feeling, before the end of all this. I have a strong feeling about Cara Dune showing up again. You oh, for sure. You don't, uh, <laughs> she's bankable now. Like, she's not, you know, big money, you know, lead a movie. Bankable, no, no, but she's, but she's yeah. definitely, and you don't bring her out in the circles of being yeah. able, yeah, you don't bring, you don't her, bring out her out and do the whole panels and stuff and for go, one episode. All right. See you I, later. I, I highly you know, doubt that. No, not at all. Yeah. She'll be back. Great email. Now, the reason he, the reason he said rebels 
No, you said not Ramos. Because the kids? Is, it, no, it's the, the Lothcat. Oh, well, the Lothcat, yeah. That's true. I just I, The only Rebel thing that I thought of when I watched it was the kids running to the wagon and jumping up and down. and That one kid? Which one kid? The kid that's like in love with? No, there's the kids are all looking at Baby Yoda and the other kid's just like, whatever. Oh, really? There's a whatever kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, think, uh, I gotta check that out. Like, who cares? Steel went off on it yeah, last I think night. Steel oh. was like, who the hell is this kid or what's up? Look at this kid. Oh, really? Bother. Uh, yeah, I got to check that out. I thought the kids did a really good job as far as their reaction. They yeah, felt very real. The scene where Baby Yoda is eating the, the frog and they get grossed out. They played it very well. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a good job, but I do have to go back and see if there's a kid that's like, who cares? I'm too cool <laughs> for school. <laughs> now, what's impressive to me is that those kids managed to keep Baby Yoda a secret. Because yeah. let's face it. A kid's going to be more likely to blab to one of his friends at school. That's true. But. That's true. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, Billy, why don't you ask your buddy what being in the Star Wars thing was like? Dad, I told you, he wasn't even supposed to tell me that he was in a Star Wars thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh, Lumberjack Nick hit us up. Hope you all have been well. Here's a weird theory about the Mandalorian. It's not about the Yoda baby, nor is it uh, whether or not Boba Fett will show up in the final episode. It's about IG-11's blown-up head. Now, in one of the show's previews, it showed the Mandalorian going into a new Hope Cantina. Maybe he ends up going there to get IG-11 a new head since they have IG heads as drink dispensers. Just a thought. Lumberjack Nick. Um, Well, like I said, I I think we're going to see the IG-11 somehow, some way. And uh, I don't know about the drink dispenser thing, but I don't think we've seen the end of IG-11. No. Hey, I have a 12. question. Yeah. Did someone just say that right now? I was about to say, if they get a new head or get rebooted, do they, do they change numbers? Yes, I, I know. I said, yeah, maybe it's IG-12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I know for Destiny, that's how it is. In, in the lore, if you're an EXO or a, a robot and you get rebooted, you get re, you keep your name, but it's the, the number of times you get rebooted. Hmm. So you'd be a Raj 44. Okay. Shot a lot of times. IG-88, damn. I know. So, in other wacky news, there a game show has been announced. It's Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. And nice. so some people have said that it sounds like um, the, what is it, the American Ninja Warrior thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it like that? I thought it was, I, when, oh, when I heard the name, man. it reminded me of uh, that Nickelodeon show. Where it was like the, the kids, the Golden Temple, the Golden Temple. Or? When I first uh, heard Temple, that, I don't, I don't know remember that. Yes, Temple. So you, would like, you get slimed? Probably. No, I don't fucking know. No. But, you, but you had to run through like a bunch of obstacles. It was basically like Indiana Jones, but it didn't kill you. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it reminded Man, me. of I that I thought show. this was going to be like a trivia show kind of. Oh thing. no, I have like, no idea. Uh, That's just what the name reminded me of. I have no idea what the show's about. But the coolest thing, Eric, is that who's hosting it? Who is hosting it? Oh, it's Ahmad Best. Oh. That's right. No, I mean, that is rad. I think that that's the rad. coolest part of it, honestly. Yeah, me too. I was he, really happy for that him. he's doing it. And uh, because, man, he's got that big personality mm-hmm. that I think will will go well with that sort of thing. And I just wish we we could. Because surely by this point, I bet it's past conceptualization and has at least some some form of footage shot. But I don't know what like a potential release date is or anything like that. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad I'm I'm at best is doing something because I've seen I've seen him getting a lot of a lot of attention for this, and it's always good to see him welcome back in Star Wars. He is one of the the nicest, most genuine people, and and 
he just got a lot of unnecessary shit after the prequel. So I'm glad something good is happening for him. It's not my type of thing. I say that now, but I'll probably watch it with my kids and love it. So check this out. Let me just read you a quick blurb. This is from Mashable, by the way. Let's see. Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge announced announced Tuesday is a new game show for kids that sounds like a fun Star Wars take on classic kids game shows like Nick Arcade and Legends of the Hidden Temple. The oh, show is coming sometime in 2020. So, yeah, there we go. Key question. How old do you have to be to be on the show? Fifty five. Shit. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these kids say, probably whoop my maybe ass. 15 would be the, yeah, the max. Height, yeah. Max we got something funny from Dylan, our boy Dylan Sparks. <laughs> hey, everyone. With it being Thanksgiving weekend, I figured a game might be fun. Perfect segue. We're talking about a game show. Buy or sell. So he's going to give us some things here. Um, I'll, I'll go to each one of you guys. So Eric, buy or sell at least three lightsaber fights. That's going to be in episode nine. I would say three lightsaber fights. If you can count them, multiples of the same people. Like, if yes. Ray and Kylo fight twice as being two, then yes, I buy that. King Tom, buy or sell? The First Order has a new planet killer. Sell. Oh, okay. We're going to deviate. Because you said the First Order. Less, buy or sell at least 15 minutes on screen for Matt Smith's character. I'm going to buy at least 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boo, buy or sell? The Rise of Skywalker will make $2 billion worldwide. I want to say sell, but it's going to get damn close. I would sell on that one. I don't think it's going to make $2 billion. That's an astronomical amount of money, man. Mm-hmm. Holy mackerel. And the last one is buy or sell. Ray and Kylo join forces. In the end, I will not do this one because I know things. Eric, you go ahead. Buy or sell. Buy. Ray or Kylo join forces at the end. Buy. Okay. So thank you, Dylan. That was fun, man. So speaking of episode nine, uh, Richard E. Grant had a thing that was on Twitter that, I mean, it made me, I don't want to say emotional because I'm emotional all the time. So it always just starts to sound like white noise when I say it. But uh, I thought it was really sweet, man. And he's talking about being able to see the, the, the movie in a screening and just what it meant to him to be in it. And let's take a look at that real quick. I've just seen Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and nothing prepares you for this. I cheered, I shouted, I fist pumped the air, I cried, I stood and cheered. It's absolutely everything that you hoped it was gonna be. I'm I'm so proud to be in it. I can't wait for you to see it. Gosh, man. And this this oh. is an actor who gets paid to be in films. You, you know, it's hard to separate yourself from what you're watching and what you were just paid to do. And he still right. has that much emotion. That is crazy. That is so awesome. Yeah, it's it's intense to see it. And then you got to wonder. So he's just seen it. And it looks like he's in some secret bunker hoping that Disney doesn't find <laughs> out that he's putting this on social media. And then today was the first day that all the cast and crew got to see it, correct? I think. Yeah, because I think John. I think Williams it was. I think I it was. Watch it. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday because that's okay. when he's talking about because he posted it overnight. Oh, I he did. Okay. That was one of the first things I saw after waking up this morning, and like that got me up and yeah, out of bed. That was rad. It was so cool. I saw that early in the morning too. I was like, "Wow, this guy's." So he's cool. uh, 
I've seen a lot of his stuff on Twitter because he, he'll post videos like that. He's a goofball, but he's mm-hmm. a very sincere goofball. And you could tell he's an actor. He's a big time actor, but being in Star Wars means something to him. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this while we're talking about that. You know, my dad was in town visiting for Thanksgiving, which was really cool, man. Uh, we, but this, so my dad likes Star Wars, but he's not like, he doesn't like Star Wars like we like Star Wars or like I like Star Wars. But he thinks it's cool. He never saw Solo, I don't think. Uh, but he was telling me, well, I heard that the movie's not going to be that good. <clears throat> and he was talking about the rumors that there were these screenings that people walked out on. Right. And I'm like, that is so, like, that notion is so out there among people that that's not just crap that, like, people in close to it are hearing. That's like what the general public thinks. So it just shows you how pervasive that that idea is. And I just I told him I'm like that that's not true. I am really surprised this thing has the legs that it has. Right. Nobody's seen it. But but yeah, that just that that's that's considered by by people to be just oh that's just common knowledge that they've had showings you know screenings and people have walked out. Oh, come on, shut it down. Shut yeah. It down. He was way into the Mandalorian though, by the way, I forgot to mention that. Oh, really? Yeah, he had never seen it because he, you know, he has like rural cable or a, a DSL. That's what his Oh shit. His it, dude, it's too slow. So we watched the first episode on Thanksgiving Day and he just like sits there in his real stoic way and then goes, "That was that was quite good. I really liked that." And so we watched the next two. And, uh, man, he was way into it. Cause you know, he grew up like when, uh, the fistful of dollars, a few dollars more and good, bad, and the oh, ugly came out, yeah. he would have been like get, getting close to 20 years old during that time. Perfect. And so he, he even asked me, he goes, man, is that Clint Eastwood under that helmet? Ha, that's cool. That's rad. And then he, I said, well, dad, you know, a new episode comes out tomorrow. He's like, what time should I be over? Oh, that's rad. That's so <laughs> yeah, cool. Dude, I thought it was really cool. Wow. So. That's just, wow. That's great news. I've taken that. Did you hear about uh, Trevor? I talked to King Tom about this uh, earlier this week about Trevor getting a writing credit for episode nine. Really, I did yeah. not realize yeah, that. Collider reported it. They're writing, uh, you know, you know, uh, Chris Terrio, J.J. Abrams, Derek Connolly, and Colin Trevor are going to be credited. Um, and uh, King Tom had a theory on it. My theory basically b- dates back to Lost because there was a big to do with the creation of that show where ABC got an ABC executive named Lloyd Braun, who was also the namesake of the Seinfeld character of the same name. Um, he, you know, he went out and he saw a cast away with his wife and he came back to this big meeting at ABC and he said, I want a show about people stranded on a de- desert island. So they commissioned a writer named Jeffrey Lieber to write a script and he turned in this script, plane crashes on a an island group of people have to survive. The network hated it, so they went to JJ. JJ had some ideas. He got together with Damon Lindelof. They wrote a second script that had nothing to do with the first one. I don't even think they read the first one, but it was totally different. Uh, they shoot the pilot and then go to the, the I, I believe it's the Writers Guild of America. The Writers Guild of America takes a look at both scripts and they decide that the writing credit has to be given to J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof and Jeffrey Lieber because of the island connection. And then later on, each episode 
carried the created by Damon Lind or J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof and Jeffrey Lieber, even though he had really nothing to do with the series. Wow. So it was, it, it was a union one. thing. Yeah. And I'm guessing either Colin Trevorrow and his writing partner, Connolly, either they went to the union for this or Disney is just trying to play nice because Disney is also the company that owned ABC when all this happened. And do we want to get into the stuff that came out today? Yeah, well, because there's yeah. – guys, listen, there's a lot of tons of spoilery stuff out there. I mean like heavy-duty spoilery stuff. Jason has, pretty much has the movie in his head and he's been – he has a, a lot of information. So if you do not want to be spoiled, do not even go near makeusstarwars.net. Uh, but if you do want to get spoiled, check it out. Check his videos out. Check out his articles. But the thing that King Tom is talking about is they found out what Trevor Rowe's initial idea was. And I don't think I, that's not spoiler at all. And I think we could talk about that. Eric, you have a problem talking about that? No, as long as it's not what's actually going to be in the movie, I don't care. De- definitely not going to be in the movie. Better not be. You better not be in the movie. Go ahead, King Tom. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear this sound. Say what? Let's begin now. Okay, the idea behind, he, he threw out a few main plot points. First, it sounded like the movie was going to be Rey and Kylo chasing each other around the galaxy, trying to turn each other to their side. Say what? Meanwhile, the First Order had a mind control program where they were taking people sympathetic to the resistance and turning them evil. Say what? The backstory behind Rey was that her parents were possibly veterans of the Battle of Jack Jakku, but her mother was Leia's servant. Say what? Idea was that Rey was born while she was working for Leia, and so Rey and Kylo, Ben Solo, grew up together. Say what? And then the the climax of the movie, the the giant fight, takes place in in a location that we all know and love and have a great emotional attachment to, the Solo Organa household. Say what? Where Kylo, I guess, has all these memories of, you know, playing with little Rey, and that's when he decides to turn to the light. And I'm reading this and I am just so thankful I almost got down on my knees and <laughs> thanked whatever it is above that we did not get this because this is absolutely horrible. The Manchurian Candidate mind control plot point was basically oh. taken from an aftermath book and everything else really doesn't have the – and I realize we're just getting a quick summary of it. But it does not feel like it is the climax of a nine-movie saga s- spanning the – you know good and evil in the galaxy. But that's just my take. That's bad. Dodge the bullet. Good decision. Yeah, exactly. Kathleen Kennedy. Good mm-hmm. decision. That would have been horrendous. Well, it's so, like, is this a, the plot of episode nine or like the Inspector Gadget movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Jurassic World part yeah. seven or Jurassic Park seven. Jurassic Park four. We'll leave that for another yeah, time. Will. I see yeah. you looking across the room and they're just not giving you anything. Yeah, well, Booze give me this stink eye. Oh, Lord. But yeah, that's great. Thank you, King Tom, for that. Uh, we have an email from our OG Rob. And uh, this is probably a good question for Eric and uh, King Tom because they probably have seen more things than I have. Go ahead. 
<laughs> hey, Sith List. I was fortunate enough to receive a personal tutorial from Raj in regards to the timeline and known events leading up to The Mandalorian, which is fantastic. Oh, you're welcome. He also suggested that I check out The Mandalore arc in Clone Wars, so I spent yesterday holed up in my parents' basement doing just that. <laughs> Although I hope that this is not foreshadowing my retirement. It was well, well. Uh. <laughs> I have never watched anything other than the 10 feature films and found the five episodes really well executed and entertaining. Oh, cool. Two questions for everyone. Right. Is there anything else I should check out in the other animated series for more insight into Mandalore history and culture? Short of watching the entire six seasons, are, are, are there any other arcs or particular episodes of Clone Wars that you would recommend watching? Hope you all had had a great Thanksgiving. Later, OG Rob. Thanks, Rob. So I, I suggested that he watch all the, the Mandalorian arcs from, uh, I believe there was two seasons, uh, five episodes total in Clone Wars. Is there anything else you guys can think of? That he should watch. Yep. Check out the late seasons of Rebels. Oh, Rebels! One. Yes, yeah. I dealt with Sabine's family. Uh, that was some really good stuff, man. There's some good Mandalorian stuff in there. Uh, now, as, as far as other Clone War, Clone Wars arcs to look at, not necessarily Mandalorian related, but there's some really good stuff mm-hmm. out there in Clone Wars. To the point where, honestly, you almost can't go wrong. There's very little of the Clone Wars, Clone Wars series that I would just be like, meh, on. But some of the great ones that you've heard people talk about a lot of times, I'm, I'm sure is the Mortis arc mm-hmm. is probably one of the top shelf ones. Uh, what about you, King Tom? What do you, what did you, your initial grab? For Clone Wars, the Mortis arc. The Ahsoka leaving arc, but I would save that until you familiarize yourself more with the character. Maybe the arc where she and the Padawans go to Ilum to craft their lightsabers and then they get captured and have to escape Channel Grievous. Oh, yeah. That's that's in that same season as the one where Ahsoka leaves. And then definitely the final few episodes of the Yoda quest. Is that the quest the- where he sees Palpatine and all that? Yeah, yeah, that and the, early on there are also some some other good either episodes or arcs. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but just with with Anakin or yeah, Anakin and Obi Wan, where you really get to see why they were good friends, why they were heroes of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, there, like Eric said, there there's some stuff that's a little bit suspect, but. Th- there's some really good stuff in the Clone Wars. It's it's just a little bit different, and I I think the same of Rebels. I I love that show, and yeah, there's there's like one episode in the second season, four or five in the third, and then the first batch of episodes in the final season all deal with Mandalore, and that's good stuff too. Nice, but we just don't know how what we're left off with in Rebels translate to translates to the state of things in the Mandalorian. That's the only thing we don't know yet. Now, one thing real quick about Rebels that I'd want to say is that, you know, that show caught some grief somewhat from yours truly, I might add. Me too. I always enjoyed the show, but I'm going to tell you something, man. When you take the weight of, okay, we left you on this cliffhanger. We took an eight-week break and finally came back with one episode and then took another break and did this. When you take all that away... And you can just watch it episode after episode. That is a damn good show. It is a really good show. I highly recommend watching Rebels if you can sit down and binge the seasons. Oh, okay. So that oh, that's interesting. 
it actually showed Rob, OG Rob, that whole Ahsoka Vader and Ezra oh, thing. Dude, that episode rules. That, that episode was awesome. He was really like surprised about it. I said, yeah, this, because he, he didn't know who Ahsoka was. So I said, well, and he asked me why Ahsoka left and where she was and all this stuff. So I showed him that and he, uh, he really liked it. I said, yeah, watch Clone Wars and you'll know exactly. Ahsoka is the main character pretty much. Mm-hmm. Thank you, OG Rob, for that. I really appreciate the email, and I'm glad you're getting into it. The, the Clone Wars is really, really done well. Uh, I will say that, and that's what it was missing from Rebels. I thought was the the way it was, you know, presented. Mm-hmm. I will say. Um, is that all the uh, Star Wars stuff there, Mister Struthers? Yeah, man, that's all I got. All right, thank you, man. That was great. Dive in. And now we're weeks away, guys. We're weeks away. It's going to be unreal. But we do have some pop culture breakdown real quick. Now, The Irishman came out, and I don't want to spoil it because Boo hasn't seen it. I haven't finished it. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't, 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 don't shoot me down like that. I haven't finished it. Yeah, I haven't finished it. it. So yeah. it, it's three hours and 40 minutes long. It's Jesus. a long movie. It's Scorsese's longest feature ever. And I think it's the, one of the longest feature film in the last 30 years. That's what I read also. And <sighs> without spoiling it, it is, if you like Scorsese... It is awesome. It is absolutely Martin Scorsese, Goodfellas, Casino. Everything that Scorsese does well, he's doing it well for The Irishman. It's based on a book called I Heard You Paint Houses, and it's done by a guy that interviewed the main character. So it is non-fictional if you believe that guy's story. That makes sense. And there's a lot of things in it where it does make sense. It should have so been like JFK. Kind of like JF, kind of like JFK, just not as controversial. Well, yeah, yeah. There's some things towards the end that might be a little controversial, but it was done really well. Here's the cool thing there is a Lucasfilm ILM connection. You know, the de aging thing is big in this film, right? And most of the time, when you de age somebody on film, you have to put a bunch of things on their faces, a bunch of points and everything where the computer has to generate things. Scorsese told the guys from ILM because he had a meeting with them. He said, I absolutely don't want anything on my actors' faces. I want De Niro and Pacino to be looking at each other with Pesci. I want the emotion. I want them to look at me, each other in their eyes. Bullshit. I think all three of them are like, nobody's touching our faces. Figure it out. <laughs> well, that I don't that's, know. That's what I think. That, that's I don't know. Think. Scorsese, because there's a really cool after show called The Conversation. And it's, it's Pacino, De Niro, Pesci and Scorsese sitting at a little Italian restaurant and they're just shooting the shit. It's really good. I would really advise if you're into any of those guys to watch it. And this is a Pacino's first time working with Scorsese, by the way. Ever. How is all this so late in the game? It doesn't matter. They, kicked, they killed it here. And so ILM said, don't worry, we're going to figure it out for you. So they have these two camera setups and they don't put anything on their faces and in my opinion, it's the best de-aging I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Better than Marvel. Mm-hmm. Better than um, what we've seen in Lucasfilm. They've nailed it, man. And it's going to be a game changer. This is, this is what we're talking about, though, with it being scary. It, it, but here's the thing. This is, this is, this is it, but very... It, but it's, it's not. It's not, though. Scorsese mm-hmm. made a great point. You're not bringing people back from the dead. This is exactly what you do when you put makeup on people. Great makeup. Or, or it's, it's just a great makeup like artist. Prosthetic. That is exactly what it is. It's your face, boo. So it'd be your face, yeah. your emotions, your eyes, yes. your nose, your mouth, your lips. They've just put a digital makeup on it. I know, but this is the beginning of the future kind of thing. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they've already figured out ways to put 
people's faces on not their bodies and have them doing mm-hmm. other yeah, illicit things. That's crazy shit. That's crazy shit. I've seen that, that stuff on Twitter and yes, Facebook. Yeah, so I'm saying you mix that with this. Fuck, you can make people. No, it's, it's crazy. You can fucking it's crazy. make people. I don't agree with bringing people back from the dead or making people, but I 100% agree with this. Because mm-hmm. it, he, they, they initially wanted to have younger actors portray mm. them mm-hmm. that that would be ridiculous yeah, it wouldn't sell it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't sell and it wouldn't be wouldn't work out but you have a 40 year old de niro you have a 50 year old pacino and then all of a sudden you have a 70 year old de niro you know mm-hmm. what i mean or 80 year old de niro it, they did a great job great job if you're not into scorsese films then do not watch it because it's three hours and 40 minutes long it's a slow burn but the, the payoff at the end is great it's just, it's, it's done really well. It's really good. And seeing Joe Pesci out of retirement, mm-hmm. fantastic. I haven't finished it yet, but the one thing that I find really interesting is that it's hard to hide their age with their movement. That's funny you said that because that's a big problem that Scorsese had yeah. because Pacino would act his age, mm-hmm. but he was supposed to be at 48. And he, first day of filming, he told him, I need you to be a little bit more spry. And yep. he said he was really freaked out telling Pacino, first day he's working with them on set. Pep it up here. That was a six, six, 75-year-old Pacino. I need a 48-year-old Pacino. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's true. There's a bunch of fight scenes and kicking scenes. And yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so it's it's interesting to see that. You'd be like, oh, fuck, they are that old. Yeah. I'm, you're like, yeah. oh, shit. It does suck to see them that old. Yeah. Because you feel old yourself. Because those are the guys you grew up with watching. Mm-hmm. But. Great to see uh, Pesci back. Though. Oh yeah, great to see Pesci back. So that's the Irishman. We'll get in, we'll get uh, Boo's take on it at, after he watches the rest of it soon. Um, there's a trailer for Bond, and I haven't seen it. I wanted to see it with you guys because I know King Tom's a big James Bond fan. All right, yeah. I know. I think we should watch it together real quick. The music is still so cool. It is. Yeah. We just didn't get to yours yet. Can he I sounds like eyes? Timothy Dalton there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Daniel Craig. Bungie jumping. is awesome. <laughs> the world is he looks great. Can you get bluer eyes? <laughs> Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. So glad he's back, too. Oh, uh, Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. Stop freaking out, trolls. They could be a female double O. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. There's Money Penny. I know. Love the car. There's the gray suit. What a pimp. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose control. Awkward. Oh. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? You don't know what this is. James Bond. Licensed to kill. History of violence. 
could be speaking to me. I hear Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Only your skills die with your body. Oh, there she is. Long after I'm gone. Oh, shit. He isn't kind to men who play God. Rami Malik. Okay, that was a dope story. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This looks really good, guys. Look at that Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. How dare you? How dare you shoot at that car? Oh, no, it's fine. Oh, my gosh. A fucking bullet donut. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> bullet no, donut. Nice. I've never seen a bullet donut. <laughs> no. no time to die. Love that scene. Some of the shots in this oh, trailer, everybody's got to see it. Some of the shots, the scenes, the you know, just the... The blue eyes. Yeah, the blue eyes, the cinematography <laughs> that we're going to see in the whole movie. Like in a lot of, well, especially the most recent James Bond movies, fucking top notch. Some of the yeah, scenes, dude, yeah. all that's gorgeous. Does anybody see that is guy? really good? Mm-hmm. Does anybody see Daniel Craig looking like Steve McQueen? Oh hell, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. absolutely. It's, Should they remake Bullet with him? I would love that. I feel like I'm gonna have to rewatch Spectre because I don't mm-hmm. remember that much of it, and I feel like this is one of the it, they've been doing this for the last batch of movies where it, the story continues throughout each movie. Yes, you're right. But, I've, I've, I'm looking forward to this, but I have no clue as to what's going on. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it, it doesn't hurt to watch Spectre. Again. Hey, all I know is Anna yeah, Darmus so is in it. That movie was awesome. That's all you need to know. I, I love Anna. That she is my oh, Anna Darmus has skyrocketed on my list. Looks like Beyonce, Natalie Portman, Anna Darmus. Wow, that's that's a big jump. Who was number three? Doesn't matter anymore. Oh, <laughs> Katy Perry was up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Man, this looks good. So I can't wait. I got my, you know, I lost control. I lost control. I lost my track of mind when I yeah, talking did, to Anadarmus. Yeah, you did, man. You need to yikes. Focus back. Uh-huh. Come here now. Bring it all back. <sighs> we have an e- we have an email from Colton. We have an email from Colton. Howdy, Sith listeners. Hope y'all are doing well. Wanted to start off by saying thanks for putting out an episode over Thanksgiving week. Oh, you're welcome. I'm sure it can be tough finding the time to produce a pod on a normal week, let alone a holiday. Hmm. Being able to listen made my drive through a snowstorm in Bumfuck, Idaho last night <laughs> that much better. I think that's the multiple times you use Bumfuck. I do a lot of driving, and while there's always podcasts in the rotation, I love listening to full albums to help pass the endless miles on Western interstates. Hmm. For some reason, my favorite albums for driving don't tend to be my favorite album, or even oh. for my favorite ar- artists in everyday life. Hmm. Interesting. For my money, L.A. Woman, The Doors, oh, yeah. Great album. Stadium Arcadium, Red Hot Chili Peppers Great album. are the best albums that money can buy for trips across lonely desert roads. But I don't think I'd put either of those in my top 10 albums list. Mm. Do y'all have any thoughts about the best driving music? I'm sure that living in a big city means that y'all might not do a ton of open road driving, but I'd love to know what makes your road trip play. As for the Mando, I love it. The second chapter is full camp and I'm about it. My only complaint is that the mix of directors can sometimes be jarring. The first and fourth chapters both had that baby Yoda get shot. No, wait, it's actually the bounty hunter that was sent to kill him that gets shot moment. And I'm already concerned that the Mando flashback scene will have a similar building and release of tension. I feel like that it could be attributed to each of the different directors wanting to get, quote, that shot. That said, I'm even more stoked for the upcoming Obi-Wan series, knowing that it'll have a single vision end to end under the direction of Deborah Chow. Cheers, guys, and I hope that y'all enjoy the last few weeks before the Rise of Skywalker opens. 
Thanks, buddy. Thank you for all the kind words, and I'm glad we could help you through a snowstorm in bumpfuck Idaho. I have uh, wanted to go to bumpfuck Idaho once in my life, but I decided not to. It's the capital. Didn't we talk about that a few weeks ago? Did we? Idaho, maybe we did. Oh. Oh. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. Okay, so albums uh, for me it's dark side of the moon i remember we went to vegas once and that's correct and uh boo hadn't heard the album in its entirety and we were in a dark dark desert highway Mm -hmm. cool wind in my hair um (laughs) one smell of no but we were listening we were listening we did uh dark side of the moon from start to finish and uh, it was crazy right it's fantastic It's it's a great album from start to finish but that would be my road trip album would be dark side how about you guys um i have a couple um I would say Led Zeppelin four. Oh, it's good. You know, there's just especially, but but it's particularly. It's funny that he put on a on a on a lonely desert road because you know the the air is still hot. You can put down the windows at night and things Ooh. like that, so you can kind of have the the wind of you know the outside coming through and stuff like. That. Just crank it up as loud as you can and just let it flow throughout. You know, things like that. So I think that's why. And then Hotel California. For me, I think that would be that'd be a very good one. That, that that's one that I've done, and things like that. So yeah, so I'd be. But it's it's interesting how he said that there are certain songs or albums that he's not really that big of a fan of, but they just work. Yeah, it is. That's, that is. I was like, I was like, that's that's something I should look into. I I, I would dig that. Yeah, Iron Maiden's Live After Death oh, is a really good one. The uh, like just the mix of tunes and all that stuff and the mood that it sets because it's a long concert show. That's 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 a really solid listen for a road trip. That one has Fear of the Dark when the crowd sings along, right? Yes. Oh, such a good one. Such a good one. How about you, King Tom? I know everyone's going to expect me to say Weezer, and I'll say yeah, Weezer. But I, I've also, and I, for some reason, I was thinking about a similar, just something I'd, I'd want to listen to on a trip, and I would go with either of Springsteen's first two albums. Mm-hmm. Everyone would say Born to Run, and that's a great album, but my. If I had to pick two albums, it would be Greetings from Asbury Park and The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle. Those are just my favorite of his whole catalog, and I'm I weird know like you're that. A Springsteen fan, King Tom. That's cool. That's the thing. Like those first two, three albums, I'm big fans of, and then everything after that, I kind of pick and choose from. Mm. So I, I wouldn't say. Um, uh, and besides, I'm, I'm originally from Jersey, so I kind of have oh, to yeah, be. You have to be. Yeah, I get it. But uh, it's it's balanced or unbalanced, I would say, where I like his early career better than his mid to later career. That's how I feel with Elton John. He's fantastic <laughs> until after Lion King. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just, yeah. What about you? It would be Outcast. two albums from Outcast for sure. It. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the first one would be uh, AT Aliens. <laughs> and the second one would be Equimini. And. They even say it like they're made for just you know chilling and dry and taking and cruising. You know, that's right. Like that's one of the first album. tracks on AT Aliens is Two Dope Boys in a Cadillac," mm-hmm. and that's just it. You know, just laying back, you know, and just driving down the road. Just, just especially open road. It's it's really cool, man. Great, those are great picks. Great email, man. Thank you, buddy. That is a cool email. Appreciate it. I also want to throw yeah. in um, OK Computer. It's pretty fucking amazing, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of radio that's a albums one. are really yeah. good. A lot of radio so is Yeah. What else? Uh, so is... Uh, in Rainbows? In Rainbows. Yeah. They're just fucking good. 
Any uh, Radiohead album. Yeah. <laughs> you should just top that off in your rotation. Pablo Hogan was not great. It did give us creep. It opened the door. It did open the door. That's all we need. Now, Les, you've been watching, before we finish it off with the Black Widow trailer, you've been watching The Watchmen. Yes. Well, we've been getting a lot of messages, DMs, and direct, yes. you've been adding us, and I've been getting text messages about if we've watched The Watchmen, and it's been getting a little bit more hyped up every single week, I've noticed. They do something. So, without spoiling it, because I definitely want to watch it, can you give us a short breakdown of the season so far and why we should watch the watchman so first of all it would help if you've read the graphic novel or watched the movie definitely would help uh now if you want to just get into something that's crazy and out there and still utilizes a lot of social uh issues and also gives you an alternative look at the world then you need to watch this show. Uh, There are so many different questions that it asks and also answers and portrays things. And, and, you know, it it just does a lot of things that are going to make you think. And not only that, they really don't leave too many things loose. No, no, not too many plot threads are hanging out there. They pretty much try. It's a really, really tight, tight, tight production. Okay. And now, how how is the production value though? It's HBO it's, at its full glory. In its full glory, this is as for everyone who had uh, in uh, you know hangups about you know HBO handling some type of comic material um, and venturing into that world, you know, because everybody's got to get their piece of the comic book movie or comic book show pie, you know, and have their own universe. They're doing great. It's perfect. Okay, they great. have. There's no. I have no issues with it. They. Yeah, they ask a lot of questions in this show as far as the material goes. They don't skimp on it, and they go for it. Uh, and it, yeah. And I know the original Watchmen graphic novel is considered one of the great American uh, just books. Literature, yeah, li- pieces of pieces literature. Of literature. Yes. Yes. It, it's reached the top 100 in all kinds of different lists. Well, and then what it does is, is it takes the two elements, so the two main uh if you, if you scrap all of it down in Watchmen, the two main players on the chessboard are still part of this. Okay. Uh, so it ties back. So for everybody that knows the Watchmen story, Ozymandias was going to do something, and the only way that he could do it was to get rid of the main, the real superhero, the real Doctor, godlike Doctor Manhattan. being... The only way to get rid of him, the only way he was able to do any of that stuff was to get rid of this guy. The blue schlong guy. And the blue guy. So he found a way to get rid of the blue guy. Well, big schlong. They're still at the table. They're still at the table. It's not so much that they're in that, you know, it it, it maybe it's maybe a rivalry that's not really a rivalry. You know, like there's always that one person who's like always going after somebody and it's like, dude, I never did anything. Mm -hmm. Why are you? You know, why do you hate me so much? It's so, the Lakers and Clippers. Ozymandias has just still is still hanging on to whatever it is, dude, that that didn't work out for him. And we all know what happened. If, if anybody has seen it, seen Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan just basically says, I'm just going to go hang out on Mars. Yeah, he takes and off. That's it. Yeah. He's just been. But that's where it's set up. That's okay. what your your two your head to toe kind of thing. I hope other people are watching. I hope some of you guys well, get they, a chance to start watching. Yeah, I want to so watch it. So we can actually speak about this. I because definitely want to watch it. 
every episode does something else. Then, well, I, every time I look on Twitter, it's like, oh my god, that episode was crazy. Oh yes. my god, this is, and this is the craziest thing I've ever there seen. There is underlying or just overtones that are political, social, economic, just all these questions and societal questions that we talk about that are relevant and are hard hitting and heavy handed here. They take them and just say, okay, we're going to, we're going to use these things. And it's all mixed into the pot. Uh, and to still maintain that comic book universe and be in the Watchmen universe is really, really pretty awesome. Awesome. All right, cool. Thank you, man. I, I know a lot of people wanted us to talk about it, so I appreciate that. Now we're going to end this podcast with the Black Widow trailer. Now this trailer, I think, is the trailer. I haven't seen it, but I'm presuming that this is the trailer we got to see at D23, and I loved it at D23, so I hope it's the same trailer because I want to get you guys' take on if you think this is going to be a successful film for Marvel. So let's watch Scarlett Johansson in her full glory. Here we go. I used to have nothing. And then I got this job. This family. But nothing lasts forever. I heard you had to leave in a hurry. It's never easy these days. So what are you going to do? I've lived a lot of lives, but I'm done running from my past. I wonder if we can see new footage of the, both of those, of Jeremy Renner and Sam Jackson. Probably. Thunderbolt Burr Ross is back. Thunderbolt Ross is de-aged, too. Look. Oh, yeah. yeah. That prick. He's a dick. Fuck <laughs> him. God, that synth is cool. Right? Is, really yeah. cool. This is the trailer we saw. Yes. What brings you home? She's fighting Red Sparrow, I guess. <laughs> That's all I could think of the first time I saw this. Yeah. Lucky us. One thing's for sure. Lack of accent. Yeah, really cool soundtrack so far. Oh, cool shots. Look at that. I really like the white outfit. I love the white outfit. G.I. Joe right there. Shadow. Oh. That's the Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at David Harbour in his glory. It's Rachel Weiss. I thought he was going to be a villain. No, it's the pop-up. I thought it was going to be Crimson Dynamo. Yeah. This is some cool shots right here, though. Yeah. Wow. May 2020. Dope. It looks pretty amazing, guys. I think this is going to make a lot of money. I think people are still really starving for some more Marvel and old characters. I think this is going to make a ton of money, and I think it's going to be really successful. It looks badass. All I'm waiting for, I'm just going to jump in right now, is a post credit scene oh, where Stark... Stark. Listen to me. I will. Stark, Ink Pym, <laughs> and they introduce Reed Richards and they find a way to bring her back. Oh, shit. I'm going to hang up my headphones and I'm done. Please do not. Now, make a lot of but noise. I, don't, don't, hang, don't, don't hang it up because don't I, hang I it have. Up, you said. Don't hang it up. Put it back. I on. have a question. The other character, the sister, 
is she someone from the comics? Yelena Belova, if I'm not mistaken, was a, a was Black Lawrence Widow Spero. for a while. She was Black Widow also for a while. Oh, really? So she took over. I think so, but she was definitely uh, she's in the comics in some way, shape, or form. Ah, uh, man. Obviously, her father is as well, right? He had to make kind of a big character. I so for him, he is part of. He's like the Russian version of Captain America. Yes, 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 yes. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, he's uh, Captain yeah. Comrade. No, don't. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Don't. That's <laughs> clever. See, now my my Maybe question. Tom chuckle. That's yeah, that was That's good. Big. That's big. Uh, so my key question is: is that the May the May slot? You know, the beginning of the summer slot for just summer movies in general mm-hmm. is the heavy hitter. Yes. You know the you know they're they're you know this is summer has begun kind of thing. I do see it having the the possibility of being that successful, but I I don't know. It it still makes me a little bit nervous. This seems like a bit of a February movie to me. Ooh, as okay. of right now. I could I I do see the potential. But why I, is that, Boo? I don't know. I don't know. I I I just could get like this gut feeling. No, I female see. lead? Absolutely not. I'm just kidding. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I think that it might not have enough weight to it superhero weight you know what i mean where you know the thor and the thing mm. like that she's been great but she's on the tier of the avengers she's pretty fucking low I mean, the the type of story it is where it's more about one person as opposed to infinity war Endgame, yes even you know civil civil war, we had civil war the year before that and age of ultron in the May slot the year before that, Guardians, it's it's not a big team-up thing. No. And I, I completely see what, what Boo is saying. It, it feels, because it's more focused, it feels like a February-March thing. I'm, I'm curious to see how it sets up Eternals. That's right. That is true. It's got, yeah. it's got, because yeah. that's, yeah. people don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Just like they didn't know what Guardians was. Yeah, that's true. That's, also, that's true. Yeah, and then something else that, that you know, going you know, speaking of you, Arash, mm. something else that, that kind of makes me wary is that... You know she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's we, what I keep thinking. Yeah, we, we know she's dead, so it's kind of like the Spider-Man thing where you felt, well, well fuck, he's dead. Or, well, actually, the opposite, where you think, oh, he has to yeah. come back. I'm like, well, she's already dead. Yeah. I know why she's dead. Why do I care dead. about her anymore? Not, not that a why do I care, but it kind of takes a little bit of wind out of my sails. Yeah. But I'm super it pumped is. to see her. She she looks great, and the more... And then seeing Taskmaster... Dark Masker. Taskmaster... <laughs> The more <laughs> Taskmaster, Taskmaster. Uh, that's that, that's a uh, procrastinator. Seeing him, I hope that he doesn't die. I, I hope he's like a uh, Baron Zemo, where he's going to come back in a show, or he's not going to go away because Taskmaster is awesome. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we will explore the comic book origins of Tony Masters, otherwise known as the Taskmaster. For those who may have wondered where supervillains get all their henchmen, Avengers number 195 and number 196 provided an answer. From top-secret villain training academies run by a ruthless villain named the Taskmaster. I've studied all of the Avengers' skills, especially yours, Captain. The Avengers stumbled upon this revelation by accident when they were contacted by a young man who told them that his life was in danger. When that young man was picked up by workers from the Solomon Institute, a mental hospital, the Wasp was suspicious and followed him. When the Wasp did not return, the Avengers followed and discovered that the Solomon Institute was just a front. The real purpose of the Institute was to expertly train villains and henchmen. Although subduing the principle of the Institute was relatively easy, the Avengers faced far more difficulties when they met the real brains behind the Academy, the Taskmaster. 
He's fucking yeah. awesome. I would love to see him fight Captain America or something like that. Or well, he's yeah, he's old now, but just, Falcon, 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 or or you know somebody somebody super because he's not super, but he's fucking awesome. Cool, that's yeah. really. Cool. I just wish he had a hood. Me too. The, cloak, the hood and the cloak. Yeah, that's, he, people are bitching about that. He by still the way. might. He still might. We've yeah, only true. seen it for like two seconds. So Storm Shadow was really cool in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see uh, see the other GI Joe? Yeah. Did you see Duke? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, okay. David Harbour's character is supposed to be uh, Red Guardian. Red Guardian. Okay, yeah. Not yeah. Captain Comrade? No. <laughs> Shit. I wish. That's, uh, that's too much, man. Captain <laughs> Comrade. Well, I think, we, uh, I think we fit everything in, man. I hope we read everybody's email. I hope we listened to people's voicemails. Andy Campbell, thank you. And I think we tried to cover as much as we could on the weeks before. The rise. It's like a it's a holiday, you know, rise of Skywalker. But Mr. King Tom Chansky, where can people find you on the internet landscape? Tom Chansky on Twitter here on the Sith list. I did the Steel Wars Mandalorian recap show on the Steel Wars Patreon. And I do other shows for Blue Harvest Patreon and the Bad Motivate Matreon. The Matreon's the best. I'm I'm trying to make the bad motivation a word for you, a, a thing for you, Eric. It's much appreciated. <laughs> you can do that, Mr. Strathers. Thank you yeah, for hanging funny. in there, man. I know you're not feeling too well. Um, live. I'm fine. I'm great. Where can people listen to your beautiful raspy voice? <laughs> I have my gig this Saturday. The singing's going to be really fun. Uh, you know, just follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers. You can find out about all my goings on, including, but not limited to, my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, and my dope-ass rock gigs. Nice. What's your favorite song to sing as a background singer? Um, a lot of times, I probably separate ways by Journey. Oh, such a good song. Because we, we do this really big four-part thing on the pre-choruses of the song, which the, pre- it has, the pre-choruses aren't the same, which traditionally in, like when you hear a pre-chorus, it's the same every time. But it's not. The first one is the feeling that it's gone can change your mind mm-hmm. if we can't go on. Right. Uh, anyway, but then the next one is uh, if you must go, I wish you love. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when we do that, we the way we stack that, it's so good. Uh, another favorite of mine is um, Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. Oh, that's a good one. Because if you listen at the very end, after it comes out of the, it's the last Heartbreaker right after the guitars or before the guitar solo. This note that I hit is so high. It's um, well, it's a G sharp. We're we're playing it like it's an A, but it's a G sharp, and it is for any guitar nerds out there. It's the sixteenth fret of your high E string. It's that pitch. I sing that. It's Damn. dude. It's high. Sound like Getty Lee, huh? Higher. Oh wow! How <clears throat> many crickets? Yeah, it's up there. You guys do open arms? No, we don't. We don't. We do separate ways into Stone and Love into any way you want it. Nice. That's pretty. It's a good solid set, man. San Francisco's own journey. Boo, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at the Sith List Boo. Less is more in every other way. Where can people find you? 
hanging out with you guys here recording on the Sith list. And you can also find me on Twitter at less is more 78. And you can find me at the Sith list on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for staying with us and listening to us. Uh, next episode is going to have some cool stuff. I hope the reaction to Rise. No, not the next episode. Oh, no, no. It's not the next yeah. episode. Damn it. I'm just wishing it here. It's <laughs> like three episodes. Days are all messed up. Yeah. yeah King Tom's right. Yeah, we're all just like Christmas is somewhere around the next yeah. five to 50 I days just had away. A baby. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But <laughs> we'll catch you next week on episode number 175 of The Sith List. I want